Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not tuned into my live podcast. Six, six, six promise. Time to dot our I's and cross our T's. Today, I would like to talk about an issue that nobody talks about. I know some guys might probably think I'm right, and some guys might probably think I'm wrong, or some girls might probably think, eh, meh. But it all goes both ways, you know between the male and the female and the court system the family court system if maybe the family court system have no idea how the real life reacts let them know chicken yeah so the the family court system need to take advantage of the fact that people are going to come together and in some cases people are going to split up and go their separate ways and i think in my own opinion when a, a guy and a girl decide to have a kid together i think there should be a necessary protocol for an for a mandatory dna testing in that way is documented father and mother not just by words because a lot of girls has ruined a lot of guys' lives out there, pinning kids on them. And a lot of guys has ruined a lot of kids and a lot of children and a lot of women's life out there denying their own kids. But let's not just say, yeah, it was good but one side. Some exes, some women can go all extent to destroy that man. Sometimes they can even go to the court and submit a pay stub that the man used in employment probably like 5,000 years ago. They look for the one with the high digits. That's what they present to the court. And the court wouldn't mind to ask questions to ask you or verify your income. And they're just going to go by what she submitted in the file. To me, I say that's a fraud. Sometimes, court system gives you a payment that you can never afford. Doesn't mean you don't love your own kids. And to, to me, that brings resentment. That brings hatred. That brings abandonment. And that being so shamefully not to provide for your own kids majority of the men wish they can provide for their kid but with the system against them they cannot left out but when push come to shuffle i think in a situation where a boy and a girl or a man and a woman decide to come together because it takes two to mingle to have a kid i think when they all both decide to split ways and go their separate ways, I think both parents should be held liable for child support. If they do both want the best for their kid. Because in some situation, the man is put on a child support while the lady stays at home and gallivant. Both ways, it goes both ways. In a lot of situations, in a lot of relationships today, the man and the woman are together for the sake of the of the kids supposedly but in the real sense he just don't want to leave because his life is going to be shattered 
and she will never afford to leave him because when he leaves, child support is going to be his new necklace. I've thought about this and it's destroying a lot of families. You can see a lady come out in the public to brag or boast. Oh, I'm going to put you on child support. Wow, that's in that's the new jail system. Some situation the lady purposely will put the man in jail. You know why? Because maybe from her friends or whatever, she put the man in jail, called the cops on the man and stuff, just because when the man comes out, the man will be liable to whatever she wants. The man is going to be basically her servant. It's just a means of control. Mostly among the black women. Mostly among the black women. Why do black women always try to portray the fact like they really care about black life matter? If black life do matter, you won't lock up your baby father. Remember one. When you lock up of your baby father, when you specifically put your baby father in jail, how you expect him to get a job? How you expect him to communicate with the society and mingle and be rehabilitated in a form that he can best much provide for your kids? Ladies, I don't know if this makes sense to you, but it goes to both ways. You understand? It takes two. In a home whereby... The mom and the dad are both there. The case turns out to be a lot better or a lot best. But I'm not saying some women do awesome job training kids on their own. And those kids come out flawless. I give credit to those kind of women. You know? And some can't grasp the fact that they cannot be a single parent without letting that kid useless their life in order for them to fit in or because they want to look like the best parent. No, spare the rod, spoil the child. What I'm basically saying is some homes, men and women need to take control of your parenting because charity begins at home. Charity begins at home. If you have no respect for your, for, your, for your father as a woman, you will never have respect for any man that you're going to say you're going to be with. And you know that. But it's all in the working process. It's all in the calculating process. All I can say for now is the fact like, if you're listening to my podcast, hopefully I do make sense to you. It's just my own opinion. I think, like I said, I'm going to put everything out together. I think DNA tests should be mandatory in a hospital when a child is born. I think the family court system should be, should, should be reformed in a way that fathers are, ho- are held responsibly, not by allegation that makes them run away from responsibilities. A lot of fathers can't afford the price being put on their head for child support doesn't mean they don't have the golden heart to be there for their kid. Remember, 
is the discipline and the love that you have in your heart for your kids makes you the best dad not financially and a lot of women just want financial stability that makes them put the baby father in a court system to please the court without the court knowing they're taking sides and that's really ruling a lot of families a lot of families because a lot of people in this still loopholes are still getting away with it or you want to tell me about Somalians who can they can go to the system and declare they are single parents still live with their baby father yet they in the system they are single parent they get all the entitlement they get all the money all the benefits and guess what the same father they said they don't live with lives with them get the same entitlement the same benefits but he won't say he probably working because he's probably driving a taxi or uber you know the system got to put into this you know i wish i would work for the system whereby i can be given an assignment to you know to like investigate things that i needed to talk about to the public there's a lot going on out there fellows there's a lot going on out there, you know. On my next podcast section, I'm going to be talking about racism, how it has affected me big time. Racism has affected me big time. I'm in my next podcast section. We're going to talk about it. As for now, thank you very much. I appreciate you for listening to my first podcast. And as we go along and get better, you get used to my accent. We're going to have fun. And like I said, it's time to dot the I's and cross the T's. But before I forget, hey, I love you. You don't forget that. Okay? And next time you listen to my to my podcast, you can ask me anything, any topic you want me to talk about, and I'm willing to talk about it. Alright? I love you. Stay peace. Have a good weekend. Welcome to my podcast, Success Promise. Time to dot our I's and cross our T's. Hey, welcome back to my podcast, segment two, six, six, six Promise. Time to dot our I's and cross our T's. Last section I had over here, I briefly talked about racism and how it has affected the whole community and globally it's an issue. Most people don't like to talk about racism because it must have affected them or to them they don't see no color, <laughs> which is impossible. You can't say you don't see no color if you're not a racist because you should have been out there butt naked. But no, if you have a clothes on, a matching shoe, you tell me you don't see no color, come on, stop being a prejudice. Because you know, being a prejudice, prejudice is an emotional attachment to ignorance. And I would like everybody to know that some people are not just racist. But they can be racial or they can be racist or ignorance. Ignorance is the most part of it that accumulates a lot with no one knowing about it. I remember when I first came to Canada, I wanted to be a, a, a cop. Uh, I had all my goals, everything, all my agenda, everything focused. My dreams were intact when I came to Canada. But when I went to my information inquiry and at the police station here in Trenton, 
Um, sorry. Here in Toronto, a cop told me, as a black man, I will never be a cop. Well, I didn't know no better. I just came to Canada. So I took his word. He broke my heart. See, till I die, I will always live by the fact, like, see that cop? I might not even know him, but I will never forgive him. My spirit will never forgive him. You know, he told me I should get out there as a newcomer to Canada and sell drugs. Have a whole bunch of people, have a whole bunch of friends, have a whole bunch of kids. This was his own words. He told me, look in that police station. He opened the door. I looked inside. He told me, do you see any black person there? I said, no. He said, well, blacks are not welcomed. We just pretend in Canada like we, like we give, you know my word, like we give a F about them. Which I don't blame him because racism starts at home. Just like charity begins at home. I don't blame them because they weren't taught right. The only reason why I can blame them is if they were taught right and they chose to go that way. Which you can't really, really blame them. It's just how they are, you know. And at the same time, he told me I will never be a cop. Or I should forget about being a cop. He told me I should go uh, to uh, uh, Tim Hortons and get a job in Tim Hortons as a black man. Well, I didn't know. I thought he was giving me an advice. He even gave me a phone number to a Tim Hortons on, uh, uh, in downtown Toronto at Front Street. He gave me the address to the Tim Hortons. He said, you will never be a cop, and I will make sure you're not a cop, but I can help you get a job working in Tim Hortons. So he gave me the address. So, But that's not even what got me the most. What got me the most is when I was about to leave the police station, this older guy took upon himself to walk me outside the police station and I asked him because I was a newcomer to Canada. I don't know how the transport system goes. I can't I, I couldn't even speak English them times. He told me, I bet you had fun that day. So I asked him, so how can I get back to Trichyway or by Jane area? How can I get back on the bus that I came with? While my dad told me to get back to the bus that you came with, there's a, there's a subway beside the police station. All you got to do is walk into the subway with your ticket, the same transfer ticket that you got. Don't throw it away. Make sure you use your ticket to go on the return bus that will bring you back home. So I had my return ticket. So this police, this gentleman of a police guy, he walked me outside. He told me, oh, you got to go back to where you're coming from. I said, yeah. He said, well, you got to transfer in your hand. I said, yeah. He told me, he pointed across the road. There was a Subway, a Subway restaurant where they make like sandwiches. There's a Subway restaurant across the police station. Like I just sent to the police station. The guy told me, you see that? You see that sign that says Subway? I said, yeah. He said, okay. Cross the road, get out there and... Mind you, it was in the winter time. All the customers and the subway was just like a little small shack, you know. So customers usually line up in front of the sidewalk to purchase their orders. So he told me, you see everybody lining up right there? 
Just go there and join them and line up. When it gets to your turn, you walk into the place. You see, they said Subway. You walk in there and you give the guy your ticket. I said, okay. I even told him, thank you very much, sir. God bless you. He took the praise. I crossed over the road. I seen the sign that says Subway. I stood on the line for like good 10 minutes in the cold. When I finally walked into the shop, it was all bread, pop, sandwich, lettuce and tomatoes. So I was confused. So I didn't want to say much, you know, because that was the first time my dad told me when you came to Canada, keep to yourself, mind your own business. But smile, eye contact. I said, okay. So I walked into the store. I made a strong eye contact with the, with the guy doing this, making the sandwich. So he was looking at me so oblivious. So I walked up to him. I, I didn't say nothing to him. I just gave him my, my ticket, thinking, okay, he's going to direct me to go downstairs in the underground subway. I'm waiting for him to open the door for me to go downstairs. I didn't know. He had my ticket. He said, what do you want? I said, I'm going to Chichiwe. He said, uh, what kind of bread? Whole wheat or white bread? I said, no. Bus 32C. Bus 32C is what I'm waiting for. He burst into laugh. Instead of laughing, I said, what are you laughing at? There's no bus? He said, no, bro. This is Subway where they make sandwich, not Subway train station. I said, what do you mean? He's like, no, 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 bro. When you get out of this store, cross the road, right beside, that, right beside the police station, that's the, that's the subway. Just go down there, past the police station, and walk down to the subway. And I would look like a fool. I walked out, I saw the same police guy in front of the police station entrance laughing at me. Laughing at me. You know? And I didn't say nothing. You know, so one day, because the day I came to check that day for my for the information on becoming a cop, he took my address. He asked me, what's my address? I gave him my address without even knowing why he asked me. I thought he was going to help me. So he took my address. So I w about a week or two later or something like that. So I was walking down on Jenna Wilson. And I seen a cop car pull over. It was the same guy. He got out of the car. He embarrassed me. He told me, oh, m me living in Jenna Wilson is why he came to Jenna Wilson. Because by now he gave me ample time to must have gotten in trouble. That's why he's always going to watch me to make sure. He's the one, he's the first person to lock me up. Give me a taste of Canadian jail. You know, and he pinned me down on General Wilson for no reason. Cuffed me up until they called for backup and all that stuff came by. And they noticed I had no warrant. I had no arrest. Since then I met him, I had nothing on my record. And he felt so stupid he has to let me go. But he told me it's not over yet. Since then, he's been a ton on my ass, you know. But I never let that worry me because I know that's part of racism. Well, I get to know now that that's part of racism. That's why for the fact, like, you know, most people say black lives do matter. I do believe black, black lives do matter, you know. Black lives do matter. 
You understand? If this kind of stuff will be put to an end. I don't like when people pray on other people out of their will because they have the power or they represent the law. You understand? I've had uh, the same cop. I've, like right now as I speak to you, I live in a small town. A very small town. Where if I tell you that I might be the only black man living in that town, you're probably going to giggle. <coughs> but that's true, you know. Which limits my way and keeps me out of, out of the path of danger. Because I'm trying to watch my steps, what I do. Up here in this town where I live, there's so much racism, but I can't escape it because I can't afford to move to another city. So I have to thug it out and hug it like a buttercup. But I'm not complaining. Everything happens for a reason. Down here, I've had a job to go do and another person comes by and convince the white person that how can he leave knowing that a nigger did a job in his house. I lost that job. I just want everybody to know racism is real. Here in Canada, it is super, super, super real. Super real. 95% of people you meet in Canada, they're racist. They're bigots. They're ignorant. You understand? But I like Trudeau. He made a, he's going to make a change. And whoever that feels like Trudeau is not the man for Canada, <laughs> he better go back to sleep and have another dream. Because Trudeau is here to stay. In my own opinion, he's the best thing that can happen to Canada. The best gift God has given to Canada. You understand? And before I round up this, I wish next time when I go live on podcasts, you're going to be there to follow 666, promise. And if there's any questions you'd like to ask me, please go ahead, feel free. Ask me questions. Send me an email. P-N-W-O-S-U. 03 at gmail.com I love y'all stay peace stay blessed